Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, you guys, Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. In today's episode, we learn how to speak so people really listen with motivational speaker Paul McGee. Paul lives and dies by his ability to tell a story well and speak in public. We haven't changed much since caveman times, sitting around campfires and sharing stories. TV may be the modern-day campfire, but the art of telling a story is the lifeblood of being human. I really love it when I feel like I've got to the underbelly of a guest and they start speaking from their hearts. And I feel like this happened with Paul when he spoke about what being a motivational speaker has given him in life. In this interview, Paul gives the inside secrets to what really works to communicate with people so you can have them salivating for more. Paul McGee, hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Hi, it's good to be back. Paul, you've written a new book, How to Speak So People Really Listen. What inspired you to write this book in the first place? You know, in many ways, I suppose there was there was several reasons. One, I feel in all humility, and that's not a word you would often use to describe me, but hopefully I'm a bit of an authority in the topic. You know, I've been speaking for over 25 years. I've spoken in 41 countries. I must have worked with about a half a million people. So, and the only reason I exist in my business, I live or die by my ability to communicate well. So I'm not a celebrity. I've not climbed Everest. I've not won gold medals, you know, um, so... I've hopefully developed a really important skill and I wanted to share some of the ideas with people about the skill that I've hopefully developed and that's had an impact on people. But secondly, I think it's also because I feel, you know, knowing the words to a song doesn't make you a great singer and being an expert in your topic doesn't make you a great uh, speaker and communicator. And for me, I've listened to lots of conference speakers because I've been speaking at conferences. I get there, I want to hear what other people say before me and you know some people are really good and I'm thinking to myself I need to raise my game here because I'm the external speaker they're paid for but you know what Caroline there are plenty of people I've listened to and I'm not thinking I need to raise my game I'm thinking after they've spoken I need to raise the dead and for that reason that's why I wanted to write the book how to speak so people really listen you need to raise the dead well, it would seem so at times because, you know, I don't think it is. There's this phrase, you know, uh, you may have heard of de- death by PowerPoint. No, 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 no. It is not. It is slow torture by PowerPoint. And that's how it is for many people. Death would be a blessed relief. There are just brilliant 
experts out there, but they haven't learned the skill to know how to communicate that in a way that is engaging and relevant for their audience. Who's the book aimed at? Do you know, out of, I've written 10 books, and I would say probably this is one of the most niche of my books. So if you're thinking of an, a Christmas present for Auntie Mildred or Uncle Bruce, you know, it might not be the one for them. I wrote a book, How Not to Worry. I wrote Sumo. That might be more relevant. This book is relevant for, I suppose it's relevant for managers who have to do presentations. Salespeople have got to pitch for business. It's relevant for, I guess, senior leaders who need to sometimes speak at a company conferences or to large group gatherings. It's responsible for charity workers who want to influence people to maybe get on board with their charity. It'd be brilliant for trainers and also so for teachers so it's got a market where you know how to speak to people really listen is not really a specific one about how do i get my kids to tidy their bedroom there may be some transferable messages but it's really the 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 people i've outlined that it's particularly targeted at let's cut to the turkey paul tell us some of the common mistakes that presenters and communicators make Okay, I think one of the big ones is we, we drown people in detail. There's a great story that I talk in the book about Steve Jobs when he was on this planet. Um, he was wanting to talk to his advertising agency about a new advert for the iMac, and he had five key ideas he wanted to communicate in 30-second advert. The advertising agent said, Steve, it's too many. Steve Jobs says, it's not. There are five things I want emphasizing here. So this guy, quite bravely screwed up a piece of paper threw it to steve jobs and steve jobs caught it and the guy said to steve jobs that's what happens when you want to communicate one message the audience get it and then he rolled up five other pieces of paper threw them all at jobs jobs didn't know where they were coming from he didn't catch a single one of them he said and that's what happens when you try and communicate too much to people they don't get anything i once heard a guy speak um he wrote he spoke about the 12 laws of leadership he had 20 minutes in in his slot he went through all 12 uh laws of the leader of his leadership book do you know what caroline i don't remember a single one of them if he'd not drowned us in detail but if he'd said do you know what i wrote a book called the 12 laws of leadership in the 20 minutes i have available i want to focus on three of them two things would have happened number one i might well have remembered the three Mm -hmm. number two i might have been keen to buy the book to find out what the other nine were so i think a really really crucial mistake that loads of people make we just drown people in detail the second one i think we sometimes just we fail to consider or understand our audience's needs you know i think really often presenters and communicators get focused on what i've got to say what is my message when i actually think people should be thinking about so who is my who's my message aimed at why should they care about this what what is it about my message that will be scratching where they're itching so that'd be the second one a failure to consider understand our audience's needs and i think the third one that i would say is we talk a lot about features but not a lot about benefits. You know, at the end of the day, we can, you know, my Sumo book, which is sold, I don't know, approaching 150,000 copies worldwide. It's available in 10 different languages, including Australian. But the deal is, um, 
people aren't really bothered about the sumo book what they're bothered about is not the features of it but the benefits it can bring how it can help them and i think for many people when they communicate their major mistake is they talk about features rather than benefits so to summarize we drown people in detail we fail to consider or understand our audience's needs and we talk too much about features and not about benefits any other practical tips on how to engage and influence other people Well, I've alluded to one already, which would be, I think, answer this question. You know, if you can imagine that, you know, even you're just talking to one person um, or if you're just talking to a large group, imagine they're holding this big banner. And on this banner, it's just got this phrase, why should I care? Once you start to get clear in your mind, this is why my audience should care. You're going to be able to pitch your message in a way that is tailored to them and is relevant to them. So that's the first thing. It's not about your technique as a communicator initially. It's about your mindset. It's about getting to the minds of your audience. It's getting them to wake up and realize, wow. I need to listen to this. I need to listen to this guy. I need to listen to this woman. So the first thing is, I would say, would be very much about answer that question, why should I care? Secondly, no one ever makes a decision based purely on logic alone. It's about emotion. You know, um, Martin Luther King didn't say, I have a strategic plan. He said... I have a dream and we need to recognize it's important that we do even in what was so-called the most dullest of topics we need to get our head around look how do I engage this how do I make this more engaging and sometimes what you can do is I think a great way is to use stories or use some illustrations so even if you're talking about here's what the company accounts look like for the last 12 months you know bring that alive give some examples of so what that means in reality is or these figures mean that you know where we've grown or the challenges we've got it's almost like comparing um you know human beings sense of smell to a dog's it's like comparing the size of a postage stamp to a soccer pitch all of a sudden you're bringing things alive because you illustrate your point and probably the best way to do that above all is through stories and they may and i would always say go for stories that ideally are from your own personal life you know people don't want to know about roger bannister breaking the four minute mile we've kind of had that one think about stories in your own life that can bring alive your message so answer the question why should i care secondly illustrate your point particularly by using stories because people are driven by emotion not by logic and thirdly oh caroline you are absolutely going to love this third one. You know, it's probably one of the most important ones that I talk about. And it's the one that is often really overlooked. Do you know what it is? What is it? Create curiosity. Get people intrigued. Draw them in. Tell them something they don't know. So when I'm unpacking SUMO, I say, hey, SUMO is an acronym. It can stand for shut up, move on. It can also stand for stop, understand, move on. And then I say, but do you know what, folks? Do you know what the the word SUMO in Latin can mean? 
not as an acronym, but actually as a word in Latin. And I pause and I slow down. And most people have not got a clue what the word sumo means in Latin. And I can literally see my audience almost like they're pausing, they're curious. It's almost like they start to lean forward because I slow it down and I say, you know what? Sumo in Latin means I choose. My whole message today is about our choices have consequences. And are we making some of the right choices to get the best out of life and to get the best out of ourselves and to get the best out of others? That's what Sumo is going to help you achieve today. So why should I care? Illustrate, use stories and create curiosity. I think those are three great ways to engage your audience. Are there any other emotions you stoke intentionally when you speak? I don't think it's a question of do I speak about certain emotions. I hopefully create emotions in my in my audiences, well, in their hearts, I guess. So I tell a story about my son uh, who comes home from school one day. He was 15 at the time. He says, Dad, I want to become a doctor. And I'm like, great, bit of a surprise. And he looks at me and goes, why is it a surprise, Dad? And I said, well, no offense, Matt, but when we were last talking about school, you told me how you hated biology. You know, call me intuitive, but I thought an interest in biology may be relatively useful if you want to become a doctor. And he looks at me and goes, Dad, we've got a new teacher, Mrs. Shaw. She's a lot stricter than my other biology teacher, Dad. In fact, some of her mates don't even like her. But because she's strict, we get to learn something in the lesson. Do you know what, Dad? She is really passionate about the subject. And then he says to me, Dad, I've looked into it. If I want to study medicine at university, it's one of the hardest courses to get into. Of any course I could apply for, it's one of the most difficult, most competitive. But I want to go for it. Well, well, here's the deal. My son was 15 when we had that conversation. He's now 23. And earlier this year, I went to his graduation and heard him do his doctor's oath. And you know what? I, I've been talking about this Mrs. Shaw story for several years, ever since Matt got into university to study medicine. But about three years ago, I decided to send her a little card. I just said, Mrs. Shaw, you and I have never met, but I talk about you behind your back. And I tell people you're mad. You made a difference because you were the catalyst to my son wanting to become a doctor. And I just wanted to say thank you. Interestingly enough, Mrs. Shaw she got back in touch. She said, Mr. McGee, I was thrilled to hear how Matt is getting on. Please pass on my best wishes. Oh, and by the way, your card, your card just made my year. And then I say to my audience, I've been on this planet over 50 years. Here's one of the deals, guys. Never underestimate the impact and the importance of showing people appreciation. I am not giving a logical argument for that, Caroline. I'm telling the people a story. It creates an emotion. I don't want to talk about passion in the sense of let's talk about the topic of passion. I want to generate and create that within people. Paul, let's let's go to you personally. You've spoken in 41 countries, I think you said. You've printed That's right, yeah. 150,000 copies of your books. What has speaking to large audiences given you, Paul McGee, personally? What have you got from your profession? Really great question. I think, um, you know, maybe like a lot of people, I don't want to just be seen as a, a floating bunch of cells that's on this planet for a few years and then floats off into the ether and never heard of again. I think maybe deep down all of us want a sense of 
significance and meaning and purpose and and people can get that in all kinds of different ways um but i think one of the things that if i'm perfectly honest that speaking has given me it has given me a sense of significance and purpose it's given me a an opportunity to share some of my not you know i've not i've had a few successes but you know, i've probably had a lot more struggles and i think sometimes your audience can relate more to your struggles than you can your successes but I share some of, hopefully from an authentic point of view, some of what those struggles have been and how hopefully I've got through a number of them. And it's given me a chance, I think, maybe to to leave a little bit of legacy. You know, when I leave this planet, you know, the number of books that I've got out there, I mean, that 150,000 is just one of my books. You know, you put it all together, it's probably around about a quarter of a million as things stand. You know, and those books may be read by people I will never, ever come across that, you know, currently aren't even on this planet, but in future generations may in some second-hand bookstore pick up one of my books and find it really helpful so a sense of significance and also feeling that maybe i can uh, leave some kind of legacy and you know uh, it's a privileged position to do what i do um it's one i don't take for granted because you have a chance hopefully to influence some people's hearts and minds however the one thing i would say is when people say to me paul love listening to you read your book or heard you speak you've changed my life I always look at them and go, you know what, thank you for that, but actually I haven't changed your life. I might have helped a little bit along the way, but ultimately the person who's changed your life is you. So that's what speaking's done for me, Caroline. What makes this book different from other books on the subject? Um, there are a lot of experts out there who write about speaking, but, you know, I will um, speak over a 100 times every year, um, I will speak to audiences who are really keen to hear me speak. I will speak to audiences who have been sent by their boss and don't want to be there. And so I think there aren't many people, certainly around Europe uh, and probably wider afield as well, who are actually speaking for a living just as many as much as I am doing and who live or die by, by their ability to speak well. So I think I can give you almost like some of the inside secrets as to what really works. Um, and I think sometimes you get people who, who know a lot about the subject, but actually they don't have to put those, that learning into practice. I do. And sometimes it's only when you practice it, it's only when you see how an audience respond that you can really communicate with a sense of real conviction and authority. So I believe, and the book's been out since the end of October, we've only had about 20 reviews on Amazon so far, which is not exactly a shed load, um, but it's had you know 25 star reviews so far and amazon have this scheme where they actually send out sometimes complimentary copies of your book to people who will actually review it so they don't know me um they've had no contact with me whatsoever and often they're very critical reviewers and every one of them who's posted on amazon so far um has also rated it as a five star so and i think the thing they get is this guy does it for a living and it shows you are a very valuable person around a campfire. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to ask you five questions that I often ask guests. So tell me what comes into your mind first. So number one, Paul, what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? It's not about you. It's, yeah, it's not about you. It's not about how you get all your needs met. 
It's about how do you add value into other people's lives and serve them. <clears throat> I think that's a massively important piece of advice because I think the kind of industry I'm in can, you know, very much massage and caress your own ego and you can get lost in that and sometimes you can get standing ovations and lots of people go, oh, you are amazing. You know, it's not about you. It's about them. That's a really important piece of advice. What's one thing that scares you? Uh, one thing that scares me is I get complacent and I start to listen to my own publicity and I don't put the same kind of effort and commitment into my work. Um, because I have done well, um, it is easy now to ride on the back of the success I've had. But you know what? When I speak to my next group, no one is bothered about my history. No one's bothered about the 41 countries. What they're bothered about is now and them. And I need. To, what scares me is if I ever get complacent. How do you define success? For me, if you've got peace of mind and you're okay with who you are, that is success. What is your idea of freedom? My idea of freedom is, um, again, it's partly related to my definition of success, being okay with myself, um, being able to deal with that monkey mind that's telling me all kinds of different things and negative stuff. Uh, and just being comfortable in who I am and in my own skin, that is freedom for me. What would you tell your 16-year-old self? I would not wear those trousers and that shirt does not suit you. <laughs> and, get, and get your hair cut. And I don't think there would be anything else I could say that would add a real value. What final three pieces of advice would you like to leave our listeners with this interview? Um... Go to my website, clearly, thesumoguy.com, because you may actually find something that, if it's not relevant and beneficial for you, it might be relevant and beneficial for someone in your life. So maybe there's a little bit of an inner salesman in me. Um, Recognise that um, life is, is short and life is precious. And a good question to ask yourself at times when you're getting stressed is, so where is this issue on a scale of 1 to 10? where 10 equals death. And thirdly, you know what? Laughter is good medicine. Even in the hard times, look for the laughter. Um, because life is serious, but we sometimes take ourselves too seriously. So look for the laughter because it will bring some healing and it will be helpful. Paul, you spoke and I think people really listened. Great. Thank you. Thank you for coming back to Talking Trading. Thanks, Caroline. And that is all we have for you today, guys. Stay tuned next week for options strategist Larry McMillan from the USA. I'm Caroline Stephen. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary, and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.